Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And today it is time to look at the GHSA State Playoffs Boys Sweet 16. We will break it down, preview games, predict games, all that good stuff. But before we do that, let's talk about the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase, March 17th at Gainesville High School, 4 p.m. We have boys coming in. Going to invite some college coaches. Just another opportunity to get some work done before travel ball tips off. Break it down into some skill work, then play some games. Media members in attendance, videographers, photographers. Every player gets a written player evaluation. And also the opportunity to purchase a highlight tape from camp. More details can be found on sandyspiel.com and on Twitter at KyleSandy355. So let's get into it. Class 7A, we got 15 out of 16 correctly predicted. We actually hit on 85% of our picks, 109 out of 128. Not bad at all. Top left-hand side, Valdosta, 59-50 winner over Brookwood. They play Campbell, 69-36 winner over Marietta. Jalen Chiefs had a huge game for Campbell. I am going with Valdosta here. I think Izzy Jinrett is going to play a big role. Jabari Williams. Eric Love, good guards in the backcourt, but Coach James Gwen has a home game with this Campbell team that is surging at the right time. Always does a terrific job this time of year. Feroy High could play a big role in this game, as could Reese Cotton as well. But I am going to go with Valdosta. I just like the big guy making things tough at the basket, and I think that could benefit Valdosta and the Wildcats. going to be tough. Got to go on the road. Not easy, but I'm going with Valdosta. Here. Next up, Berkmar, 70-35 winner over Lambert. They crushed the Longhorns in impressive fashion. Now they travel to Wheeler, an 84-48 winner over Collins Hill. Big bodies inside. Makai Raglan will go up against Josh Hill, who has had a nice run and a good stretch for Wheeler lately. Um, if we saw this matchup, in November, this would be a, a a heck of a war, a heck of a battle between these two teams. Um, but with Eddie Cook leaving, that kind of zapped Berkmar of some of their firepower. But um, these two teams did hook up in December, and it was a twenty. Let's see, it was on December twenty seventh. It was a sixty nine sixty one win in favor of Wheeler. But the rosters have been changed a little bit. Since then, I think Wheeler is starting to hit their stride. I think Larry Thompson is very challenging to choose against this time of year because they always play very good defense. I'm going to go with Wheeler with this game being at home. Um, but Berkmar, with that success of already having beat them in the past, I think they do feel like they can win this one again. But I am going to lean towards Wheeler. Bottom left-hand side, Newton defeated Lowndes 74-40. to and now they travel to McEachern, a 105-72 winner over Westlake. Newton has all those guards. They have great athleticism. They can come at you from all over the floor with Zach Harden, Jabez Jenkins, Ted Jeffries, uh, Ted Neal will play a big factor here. But I just am curious as to who will draw the assignment of trying to stop Ace Bailey, the Rutgers signee. Um, who is just having his way all season long and is probably a shoe-in for Mr. Georgia basketball. 
The Rams have the depth and have the options to slow him down, but it's going to be difficult to do so. And if McEachin has guys like um, Jaden Bynes knocking down some outside shots and getting some help from Jay Nash, who can really distribute, uh, I think they will be in good shape. But I do think the Rams will make this game very close, and they do have a great shot at winning this one, I think. I mean, they pushed Grayson to the brink multiple times this year. Um, it's just all about can you slow down Ace Bailey and just not let him absolutely destroy you. If you hold him to under 24 points, 25 points, you probably feel really good about your chances. But if he just goes wild and he has teammates around him hitting shots, they will be difficult to beat. McEachin's been my number two ranked team in the state pretty much all season long. I'm going to stick with that to beat Newton in a close one. Bottom left-hand side, Norcross, they dismantled West Forsyth 74-49 and now they play Buford who went on a 9-0 run to beat Osborne stunning the Cardinals 52-49 Buford is going to have to play much better in the second round and they are going to have to knock down their outside shots and free throws which almost proved costly down the stretch against Osborne Norcross is playing very well they're playing good defense they're getting after it Casey Williams has some athleticism. Jerron Salisbury's tough. Toby Ojukwu's been good. Um, they're on the road. It's at Buford. But if it's at the arena, you know, sometimes that can be somewhat of a sterile environment. If it's not packed out, it can get a little eerie. Uh, I think they're going to have a really good crowd, though. I don't foresee that being a problem. Buford has been my initial pick. Buford's been more consistent this year. Um, but they're going to have to hit some shots. Chase James Robinson's going to have to uh, get hot from deep. Brandon Wansley's going to have to help out. And Jackson Houston had that backdoor cut, the game-winning basket. Uh, his athleticism and ability to help on the backboards is going to have to be key. I'm going to stick with Buford here, but I think Norcross really relishes the fact that they're the quote-unquote underdog, and they have a good shot at this. Top right-hand side, Mountain View Blue Cherokee out of the water. They held Lawrence Stanford in check, and that was the key to success. A 78-46 win. Now Mountain View plays Peachtree Ridge, 67-46 over South Forsyth. I think Peachtree Ridge is my pick here. I just think they're bigger up front, and they'll be able to alter shots with Derwin Hodge inside and Gideon Kamalu rebounding and scoring at the rim. I think Mountain View, if those outside shots are falling with Bronson Blair and Jamel Bruce hustling, they have a good chance. But I think Peachtree Ridge just top to bottom with that size and that tough-nosed defense. I think they will be able to hold Mountain View's explosive offense in check, and that's why I have the Lions advancing. Next up, Carrollton, a 71-58 winner against Hillgrove. I was told I was a Hillgrove hater on social media. I wasn't aware that that was a, a theme, but that narrative um, was false, and I was proven correct as Carrollton defeated Hillgrove and advanced to the next round. They will be playing Grayson, an 88-44 winner over Colquitt County. I think Carrollton will have their work cut out for them. Uh, I worry about the size inside of Grayson. I know uh, Montreal Cousin does a really nice job as like a 6-3 forward for Carrollton is a big, strong body. Um, but this is a game where they definitely miss um, Caleb Odom, who's uh, signed to go play football at the next level. They don't have that that big uh, athletic Alabama guy uh, inside at 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, that could help match up against the explosive athletes of Grayson. I think O.B. Watkins 
Um, his ability to get to the basket, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher than usual for him. Now he's running into Amir Taylor and Jacob Wilkins and all those big bodies of Grayson. I think Eli Pippins and Hudson Blackman are really going to have to space the floor and be lights out from deep um, to knock down those threes. I know Carrollton always was very aggressive on-ball defense, uh, so they will bring the fight to Grayson. But I think with Anthony Alston and C.J. Hyland and Jakari Harris, I just think Grayson has seen pretty much everything anybody in the state of Georgia can throw at them, and they have responded well. And I think Grayson will win this one going away. Bottom right-hand side, Walton, a 43-40 winner over Decula, a tight one throughout. Caden Gilstrap had a big performance. Now they will see Milton, 67-54 over North Gwinnett. Milton versus Walton. Milton's playing quite well. Walton, um, they really hunker down defensively and get the job done. I'm going to stick with Walton. That was my original pick. I think if Luke Flynn can get on track, I think that matchup between him and Josh Dixon, two really explosive scores on the pruner, will be fun to watch. Um, but I'm going to go with Milton as the road underdog, or Walton as a road underdog to go to Milton and defeat the Eagles. But I do think, again, as I feel like most of these games should be very interesting and very close. Bottom right-hand side to wrap up. Pebblebrook, a 75-48 winner. Blue Harrison out. Now they see Archer, the one game, the very last game of the bracket that I got incorrect. They went down to Camden County and came away with a 53-46 victory. Region 1, they put just one team into the next round, and that was Valdosta. But that was a tough region in Region 4 that they matched up with. But Archer, they get the job done. Now they are going on the road to Pebblebrook. I think Archer can win this game. That is my pick here. I think Kamari Holmes and Darian Joseph are good enough to go up against a Pebblebrook team that um, obviously is playing much better than they were at the beginning of the season. They took their lumps against a tough non-region schedule. But I do think all those veterans and a lot of seniors on that Archer roster um, I think Coach Antoine Stroud has done a really good job this year keeping that Archer tradition of playing tough-nosed defense and winning big games uh, going. So I like the Tigers um, to top Pebble Brook and hold down an explosive backcourt of the Falcons. Class 6A, if, if, you, if you listen to the podcast, I said there's so much parity here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a team that wasn't ranked all season or just slipped into the rankings at the very end of the year, made a run to the Elite Eight, or maybe even deeper. And we have already seen wreckage in <laughs> Class 6A. I only got 12 out of 16 right, and I think this is the first time ever my state championship pick was a first-round casualty as Region 8 um, got exposed by Region 5, which has traditionally been the strongest region in the state every single year as far as their respective classification in 6A goes. And it just feels like it's always foolish to pick against them. Um, but boy, oh boy, Region 5 is legit. And uh, we'll get into that in just a second. But we'll start at that top left-hand side. A game I got wrong. Houston County eliminated by North Atlanta, 58-44. North Atlanta, uh, a magical season, battling through adversity of losing Coach Sarden. Unbelievable what they have been able to do, dating back to the ridiculous that you know Dunwoody had that whole shebang with the technical foul after the buzzer. North Atlanta hits a free throw, sends to overtime, wins that game to make state. Fast forward to now, and uh, North Atlanta 
uh, defeats House and County 58-44. And now they have to go on the road to Grovetown, who won 55-43 against Rockdale. I think the uh, the Cinderella story and the feel-good story uh, ends here for the Warriors. But, I mean, needless to say, it's been uh, on the court uh, an unbelievable success at 12 and. 15 overall and everything they've had to deal with that poor community um but i think grovetown's going to be too big and kevin curtis is a a big long seven footer you have to contend with around the rim and i think grovetown uh, will be able to knock off north atlanta but north atlanta they are playing with house money and they're just going out and leaving all out on the line but i do think grovetown is a tough place to play at next up etowah was defeated by alpharetta 56 50 The Eagles always close to making it to the top 10, but never were able to crack through. And then Alpharetta, uh, the three seed out of Region 7, piecing their best season together in a while now, 18-11 overall. They will now travel to Alexander, 70-47 winner over Gainesville. But as we talked about this field being wide open, I think the field just cracked open even further with Alan Stoddard. Um, suffering a very severe, it sounds like, lower body, possibly ankle injury, maybe a dislocated ankle, uh, really gruesome stuff. Um, The new Manchester transfer is now out indefinitely for the rest of the postseason, it looks like, and that zaps uh, Alexander of size, and their second forward, that was so tough to pair with Braden Liu. So, Alexander really has to regroup and go to the drawing board to see who the next man up is. Um, I think they're going to win this game over Alpharetta. I think that they will be okay to stop Will Kimes and company. Uh, obviously, you've seen Alpharetta have a big season out of Jacob Ryan, a guard that can really score the ball. But Alexander at home, now you can rally around a fallen teammate. This can make Alexander even stronger, even though they might be weaker on paper. Um, but I'm going with the Cougars to advance on to the Elite Eight. Bottom left-hand side, it was a low-scoring game. No surprise there. I think you can rewind back to the boys' podcast of the Bracketology. I think I may have mentioned that I felt like this game could be low-scoring, and it was. Maris 36-31 over Tiff County, and now they play Woodward Academy at 80-47, winner over Brunswick. Woodward is my pick here. I think Woodward just has more guys that can put the ball in the basket. Now, if this game is obviously low scoring and Maris is able to control tempo, um, I think they have a great chance of winning this game. Um, But I am going to stick with Woodward. I just do think they are more explosive with Zach Foster and Brandon Peters in the backcourt. And if they're able to keep Luke Harpering in check and uh, Owen Ritger and guys like that, I think they have an opportunity to make it to the next round. So I'm going to stick with my original pick of Woodward Academy. Bottom left-hand side to finish up. Pope, a 72-50 winner over Sequoia. Brendan Tusignot, I heard he collided heads and there was blood everywhere. And I'm not sure if he ever returned back to that game, possibly a concussion. Either way, Pope in control with Zach Bushroy and company. They get the win. And they play the biggest surprise I've seen in the postseason thus far. The four-seed Douglas County out of Region 5. They slapped around Shiloh, my state championship pick. They were up double digits much of this game. 54-41 at Shiloh. Uh, I guess that really tells you why Mike Richards 
was co-coach of the year in Region 5. Amazing, amazing accomplishment. Christian Richards and all-region pick Corey Young uh, has been a key piece. Sounds like he's been a little bit in and out of the lineup at times. But either way, uh, Douglas County, uh, a monster win over Shiloh. And now they are going on the road to Pope. Pope probably was not necessarily expecting to host a state playoff game in the second round. But Coach Pat Abney has it in his backyard. Um Douglas County is going to play aggressive on-ball defense. They're going to get after you. They play hard. Pope's going to have to be ready for that. I think Zach Blashoy obviously will be the key here. His supporting cast, Drew Abney, is going to have to knock down some shots. Devin Royal will have to hit some shots as well from the perimeter. He's just going to have to get help because I know Douglas County is going to zero in on slowing down Blashoy, and if they do, uh, they might very well advance onto the lead eight, and I I just kind of feel like vibes kind of say, as far as what I mentioned that a team that hasn't been ranked all season long might make it to the elite eight. It really looks like Douglas County could be that team, especially considering they just uh, dismantled Shiloh. Um, but I will go with Pope here with the overall body of work, but they're gonna have to play exceptionally well to beat a Douglas County team that is not going to back down. Top right-hand side, Langston Hughes, 52-45. They held off Habersham Central, and now they see Sprayberry, a 58-56 winner over Alatoona. Langston Hughes is my pick here. I'm going to stick with them. I think Brentus Schaefer is a really good lefty guard, and Jerron Lamell is really coming into his own. Sprayberry with Miles George. Is going to have to lead the way. I think Sprayberry's going to have to play better. It was just a two-point win over Alatoona. And Alatoona, you know, they can hit those threes and they can hang around into games, deep into games. But uh, I was expecting a little bit more from Sprayberry, and I think they're really going to have to ratchet it up against a very well-coached Langston Hughes team led by Rory Welsh and a very veteran backcourt with Brentus Schaefer leading the way. So I'm going with Langston Hughes to go on the road and up-end Sprayberry. Next up, Jonesboro. Chris Jones had a big game for the Cardinals. 61-52 winner over Glen Academy. Uh, now Jonesboro will see St. Pius 79-65 over veterans. Jonesboro and St. Pius, these two teams have hooked up in the past. Jonesboro has eliminated St. Pius in the past. Uh, going down memory lane here as I pull it up just to... I'll let you know what happened. It was two years ago, I believe, that Jonesboro knocked off St. Pius at St. Pius. And that is exactly what happened. 65-64, a deep, deep um, crowd there. Obviously, Mark Kelly Gymnasium, especially hard to win at. So St. Pius wants some... Revenge, I know it's a couple years in the past. These rosters look extremely different. St. Pius so long and athletic now. I think Jonesboro, they usually have that advantage of being more athletic and having uh, a guard in Montez Redding that can really shoot the ball well. But I think St. Pius, bigger at pretty much every position, maybe a little bit more athletic at most positions. Uh, I think St. Pius wins this game. I think this is a, a big opportunity for Coach Mailman and Jonesboro to do more damage at St. Pius, uh, but I am going to go with the younger Golden Lions to find a way past the scrappy Cardinals. 
Next up, bottom right-hand side, South Paulding, 57-45 winner over Lanier. Now they see Woodstock, 49-42, beat Blessed Trinity. South Paulding going on the road now to Woodstock. Going to be an interesting matchup. I think the, the interior play of Everod McKinney versus Taj but will be a key bout. Taj did not have a huge explosive game offensively against Blessed Trinity. I think he will need to turn it up a notch if Woodstock is to beat South Paulding. Woodstock is going to be very challenging to defend. They will run many different offensive sets. Eric Blair uh, does an exceptional job of creating open looks for his outside scores and then of course against the zone to overload and get the ball inside jackson warren had a really nice first round game for woodstock he's a very key shooter that south polling needs to be aware of at all times and cannot lose him and then jameer Noel, the guard uh, they have to find a way to keep him out of the paint andrew levine if he is Hot if he is finding his shot, hunting it in the mid-range and from distance, and if David Williams can stay on the floor and provide um, some what of an X-factor role because he's going to be one of the taller players on the floor at about six foot four and athletic and long-armed. I think he could play a key role in this game and disrupt what Woodstock wants to do. I think I'm going with South Paulding. South Paulding has been in the top ten throughout the year, not currently, but has come out of Region Five, which is an absolute gauntlet, and then you compare that to Region 6, uh, which did not send anyone to the next round except for Woodstock. Uh, so I think South Pauling, for that reason, battle-tested. I think they will be prepared as long as they can shut down Taj inside. I like South Pauling to be able to beat Woodstock. Bottom right-hand side to finish things up, Evans at 81-65, winner over Monday's Mill, and they play Riverwood. We got this one wrong. Riverwood, Riverwood, 87-84 in overtime, Stunsley County, and now Riverwood holding the torch as the team to beat on that bottom right-hand side. I like Riverwood to beat Evans, even though Evans has pieced together a really nice season. Uh, got some athletic, tough-nosed guards that can really get the job done. Um, but I am going to go with Riverwood between Karis Bilal going to Vanderbilt and J.R. Leonard. Uh, both those guys average close to 25 points per game. I think that's some crazy explosive offense, and if they get some stops, I think they will be okay. Even though they are going on the road to Augusta to see Evans, I'm going with Riverwood. They have been good all throughout the season before their falter in the Region 4 playoffs. In Class 5A, 14 of 16, we got right. Bradwell Institute on the top left-hand side, barely scratched out a 42-41 win over 10-win Lithonia, and now it gets a lot tougher. They travel to Eagles Landing, 100-39, winner over Northside Columbus. I like Eagles Landing to race past Bradwell in this game. I just think their guard play, John McQueen getting added to the roster late in the season. Um, Elliot Montgomery uh, has turned over a new leaf after, you know, a couple years ago we were saying they just can't get out of the, what was it, the Sweet 16 or Elite 8. Now it feels like they're a shoe-in to make it to the Elite 8 every year. I think Eagles Landing will be able to beat Bradwell, and I think this can be a high-scoring game. If it's low-scoring, I think Bradwell has a chance but I think Eagles Lane, and they push this game into the 60, 60s and above, they will be in good shape.
Next up, we got this one wrong. Hiram, a 72-68 winner over Chattahoochee. Chase Tyler had a big game and carried Hiram into the next round. They will play Tri-Cities, who barely beat Heritage Conyers, 59-57. And now this is a matchup of last year's playoff game in which Hiram crushed Tri-Cities, 93-73. Teams much different now. I think Tri-Cities is going to have to play much better than how they did in the first round. Survive in advance, that's all that matters. I think Tri-Cities will survive and will advance behind Trey Keith and company and Malik Johnson with his quickness on the perimeter. But Hiram, if Chase Tyler gets hot, that 6'4", 6'5", wing, he's tough to guard. And then you got Ryan Williams distributing to Jaden Mann, Mason McKinney. A lot of good players on that Hiram team, even without Walter Matthews in place. But I'm going with Tri-Cities. Bottom left-hand side, Tucker, 79-55 winner over Ware County. They will now see Jones County, 57-49. They defeated the one-seed McIntosh. I am going with Tucker here. I like Tucker. I think they're size inside with Jamar Graham. I think that is just going to be a really tough matchup for Jones County, who doesn't have a ton of size inside. I think the guard play, at the very least, neutralizes each other. If Tucker doesn't have better guard play, which is arguable. And then you th- have uh, Josiah Lawson, who's, what, 6'7", plays inside, outside, mid-range, plays all over the place. I just think that size and versatility that Tucker has and the pieces they have that can really do a lot of different things, I think it's just going to be too much for Jones County to stop. So I'm going with Tucker to make it to the Elite Eight. But I know Buck Harris will have the Greyhounds ready. Finishing up on the bottom left-hand side, GAC was a 60-53 winner over Calhoun. And they will play Maynard Jackson, another four seed that upset the one seed on that bottom left-hand side. So we got both of those upsets right. We had two somewhat, I guess you could say, weaker one seeds on paper. Maynard Jackson thumped Clark Central 77-60. And now they will go on the road to GAC. I'm going with Maynard Jackson here. I do think Cam Dover is a key piece, and Yusuf Bauer can get red hot. Now, I know GAC can really score the ball as well at Rich Rojas, but I feel like for the most part, again, other than when they tumbled in the region tournament of Region 5 and they had that big altercation where they had multiple guys suspended, felt like Maynard Jackson was playing uh, good ball. They you know, struggled at times with Tri-Cities, but they were a really good team coming from a really competitive region, uh, a region that put three out of their four teams into the Sweet 16. I'm going to go with Maynard Jackson to beat GAC, a region that put three teams in um, but lost their number two seed in Chattahoochee. But Maynard Jackson is my pick. Top right-hand side, we got this one wrong. I had Mays advancing to the Elite Eight, but Mays – a little bit up, a little bit down. Again, they played a lot of good competition, so it was hard to judge whether it was a maze problem or it was just a good team problem. But either way, uh, they played a really good team in Winder Barrow that fell to the two seed, and Winder Barrow captured a win 74-60. to Now, Winder Barrow hosts, again, another four seed that we predicted correctly, North Springs. Now, I did not expect them to embarrass Cartersville. Uh, but they drug Cartersville at Cartersville, 78-48. to Esmar Modesco, a great score in that one. And now North Springs, they eclipse the 10-win mark. They are at 10-19 and now, or eclipse a double-digit mark, I guess you could say. 10-19, and, and they're in the Sweet 16 playing 24-4. and Wanderboro 
Wonder Barrow is my pick. I think Wonder Barrow should win this game. Wonder Barrow much more talented than Cartersville. And I have Wonder Barrow hosting North Springs. So I'm going with the dogs in this one with Tyron Sims, uh, Jaron Samuel, and uh, Jaden Baskin. I think they're going to play a big role and they'll be able to kind of hold Modesco in check. And I like the dogs to make it to the Elite Eight. Next up, Warner Robins, 85-63 winner over Northgate. Warner Robins has been one of the best offensive teams in the state this year. Now they see Decatur, a 60-42 to winner over Greenbrier. Um, if this game is played in the 70s and 80s, I feel like it's going to be Warner Robins' pace and their style of play and favor them. If it's played in the 60s and below, I think that lends towards a Decatur advantage. I'm going to go with Decatur. It's at Decatur. Um, I have them ranked a little bit higher in the poll than Warner Robins, and they spent a lot of time in the poll, and they have two nice wins over Tucker, and that really ballooned them up there. Decatur, I know Warner Robins Warner Robins is going to have to be very, uh, very patient on defense. They're going to have to lock in. They're going to have to sit and guard for you know 20 seconds at a time if need be. Decatur has a lot of great uh, off-ball movement. They cut a lot. Um, Luke Brooks is a good shooter. Alden Daniels can space the floor. Um, but if it turns into a shootout, like I mentioned, I think you got Cameron Perkins leading the show, Gabe Jacobs, Jay Johnson. Warner Robins can put the ball in the basket, and they can play some tough-nosed defense. But I think Decatur at home, I'm going to go with Decatur to advance past Warner Robins. But again, as I feel like many of these games will be, is going to be a good one. Now onto the bottom right-hand side, what feels like a quadrant of death. We saw Chapel Hill eke out a 48-44 win over 12-win east side. They're going to have to play a lot better against Kell, who crushed Dalton 90-41. Kell is my pick. I think that speed that they play with, the outside shooting of Steph Lars, and also uh, Cologne, a really good shooter, uh, McLavish is well moved in. They got a lot of guys that can stroke it. You got C.J. Brown getting downhill. And Cannon Richards is bouncy and athletic and can compete with Caden Mays and Ramon Soye inside. I think Chapel Hill, they have the athleticism and the horses to um, compete with Kell and potentially win. But I think at the end of the day, Kell, the defending state champs, they just have guys that are on another level. And I think they'll be able to beat Chapel Hill in what should be a very entertaining game with a ton of size and great athleticism. Next up, Dutchtown, 78-16. They crushed Harris County. They gave up 16 points. I'm not sure, but I feel like I may have mentioned that I don't think they were going to give up many points to Harris County, and they did not, and that was a dominant performance. Now they see Statesboro, a 56-37 winner over M.L. King. I am going with Dutchtown here. I think the size of Joe Chappelle and Matthew Hinton protecting the rim is going to be too much. Austin Mosby, Weems knocking down shots. I don't think Statesboro and their football roster will be able to score enough against Dutchtown. Um, but again, they will have the athleticism to make it interesting. But Dutchtown, I think they go on the road as the road dogs and come out with the victory. And Wallace Corker and company advances to the Elite Eight. Class 4A, 13 of 16 we hit on. First one I got wrong on the top left-hand side, one that I had written down and then erased and thought better of it because I thought Hardaway played a little bit better of a non-region schedule. Hardaway defeated by Riverdale and Messiah Jones, 
43. Riverdale advances, part of a Region 4 that had a wild, wild first round. Um, looks like two teams advanced, but not the two teams maybe you would have predicted to road teams. Anyway, Riverdale will now see Baldwin 59-54. Very close with Southeast Bulk. A little bit surprised with that one. I do think Baldwin at home now. Maybe got that first round jitters out of the way. I like Baldwin with that explosive backcourt to beat Riverdale with Trey Lawrence leading the way. Next up, Westminster beat up on Heritage Katusa 64-32. Now they get McDonough 84-53 winner over North Hall. I'm going with McDonough in this one. I think their athleticism in the backcourt with the Green Boys is going to be very difficult to keep pace with. They really get after you and defend. Then you got Nigel Thomas knocking down outside shots. Um, and then Keenan Gray, who was terrific this year. You cannot forget about him. He's been their leading scorer. But those Gray Boys, or not the Gray Boys, the Green Boys. We've got a lot of colors on this team. The Green Boys, Zion and Zayden, are really tough-nosed guys that set the tone defensively. And I don't think Westminster is going to have enough airspace to hit those open threes that they want. So I'm going with McDonough. Next up, bottom up hand side, Cairo 78-71 winner over Troop County. Now they see New Hampstead 82-55. They crushed Westside Macon. Um, New Hampstead is good, very good, and I think they're going to prove that again at home against the Syrup Makers. I just love that balance attack. Tolan Daughtry had a good game. A.J. Williams, a really tough freshman. You just have so many pieces on the perimeter, at the wing position, in the paint with Jakari Glover. There is a lot to like about this new Hampstead team. Now, Cairo will come in with Keishan Spence, averaging close to 25 points per game. He's a tough, tough scorer that new Hampstead is really going to have to key in on and slow down. Um, but the fact that Cairo, it was just a 78-71 win at Troop, who only had 12 wins on the season, I think that gives... New Hampshire a little bit of um, optimism other than the fact that I do feel like the Phoenix are better than the Syrup Makers. Um, but New Hampshire, enough on this game. I'm going with the Phoenix. I just think they're better than Cairo. Next up, Central Carrollton, 55-45. They won at home against Southwest DeKalb. Now they will see... North Oconee, 71-49 over Lovett. These two teams met last year in a, what some would say, controversial finish with the clock, a last-second tip-in. North Oconee beat Central Carrollton 53-52 a year ago. So Central Carrollton, they have something to prove. I think these teams look a little bit different than last year. I think North Oconee with Justin Wise added to the roster just adds so much more firepower and the consistency that Justin Payne and Bird Carter play with will make it very, very tough. But I know Kenny Edwards, they're going to run really good stuff. They're going to hunker down. They play defense. They're comfortable holding you into the 40s and 50s. But again, when it comes down to the scoring, uh, if this game is in the 60s or above, that's going to swing into North Oconee's favor. But if they can muck it up, if you're a Lion, if you muck it up and make it in the 50s or 40s somehow against North Oconee, uh, Central will have an opportunity to win this game. But I do think North Oconee at home, just too explosive of an offense. They will be launching threes from all over the place. 
I think North Oconee tops Central Carrollton, but this game is going to come down to who controls pace. Top right-hand side, second year, pulled away from Woodland in a game that was very competitive heading into the fourth quarter. 59-50. Second year now plays Sonoraville. 78-61 winner over Hateville Charter. And once again, this is a game that we saw these two teams hook up with in the last year's state playoffs. Last year, it was a first-round matchup that Sonoraville upended second year. That score was 71-59. Second year, they're going to have to hit their outside shots. Sonoraville's got that length with Jordan Story and Bryson Shellnut inside, 6'6 and 6'8. They have tough guards. Elijah Woods really uh, controls the pace for Sonoraville. Um, it's going to be at the Furnace, super tough place to play. The one thing that is good for second year is that they've been there before. They've seen that environment before. Now they have a couple transfers that have moved in that have not seen that environment before, i.e., Keith Banks, one of their top scorers, um, but Carter Watkins is going to have to play a big role for second year. I think Caleb Wells is going to have to knock down some outside shots, and they're just going to have to be tough and go into a very difficult environment and pull out a win. They have much more depth than Sonoraville. Sonoraville is only playing about six, seven guys, um, but it's just going to be, come down to how the second year handle this environment, and how will they handle if they are down, if they do find themselves down 10-2 early on against Sonoraville? Um, are they going to pack it up and fold, or are they going to scratch their way back and fight until the final buzzer? Um, second year is my final four pick coming out of this quadrant, which has seen some topsy-turvy stuff. Um, I really feel like whoever wins this game really might be the favorite out of that top right-hand quadrant to make it to the Final Four. I'm going to go with Seconder. I think they have to really lean on that tough non-region schedule to get past Norville, but it's going to be tough with that size, but I'm going with the Jaguars. Next up, we have Benedictine came from behind to sneak out a 53-51 win over Griffin, and now they see not Fayette County, the team I picked, the Region 4 champs beat by Region 1 four-seed Westover, who is now just 14-12 and 12 overall. Talked about in the Bracketology podcast that I felt like Westover would have the athletes to compete and make this game somewhat interesting, but I certainly did not think to pick them. Now Benedictine has a home game against Westover, and I'm going with Benedictine. They typically play very good defense, and Caleb Jones is a flat-out scorer. I think LaDon Bryant's athleticism, the football player, and EJ Washington, I think they're going to be able to provide some toughness on the wing and forward position. I like Benedictine to top Westover, a team that is really playing with house money right now. They're the four seed. They're in the Sweet 16. I think Benedictine gets the job done, though. Bottom right-hand side, Pace Academy, a 69-52 winner over Walnut Grove, and now they get Holy Innocence, 84-37 over Cedartown. And again, uh, this feels like a game that you would not be shocked to see in the state championship if they were on opposite sides of the bracket. 
This will come down to how Sharman White and company wants to defend Caleb Wilson. If he is able to have a very big, impactful game, we're talking 26 points, 13 rebounds, and 6 blocks, something of that nature, which is very possible for the 5-star prospect. Holy Innocence can win this game. I think they do have a very nice supporting cast. Devin Hutcherson is a very good sophomore that can put the ball in the basket, has some size at about 6'4 on the perimeter, and you're going to need Will Hopkins to really step up as that elder statesman. But Pace, they got pretty much everybody back from last year's state championship team, and they got tough-nosed guys inside Chandler Bing, LJ Moore. Those guys are not afraid to mix it up. MJ Madison, um, you got the guard playing Kyle Green. Eric Chatfield put Jackson Ferry in and knocked down some threes. Everything is on the roster for Pace. They're tough. It's going to be a physical game. If Pace is able to out-physical Holy Innocence and push Caleb Wilson away from the basket, and even though he does have terrific guard skills, but if you keep him at six foot ten and just have him playing 20 feet away from the basket at all times, I feel like that is a win for Pace. And I think Pace might be able to coax him into doing so. I'm going to go with Pace here. But Holy Innocence, I do think they have the best player on the floor. Lastly, Spalding, a 69-62 winner over Burke. And they will play Whitewater, 61-60. The four seed out of Region 4 upsets Bainbridge. Took the long drive home, a successful happy bus ride home. Whitewater got a huge game out of Cameron Jones. I think he finished with about 28 points. He moved in in the offseason and has been a big, big shot in the arm offensively. You got Say Daramola blocking shots inside. Ashton Preston, a good guard. Caden Thomas, again, versatility on the perimeter. I am going with Whitewater to beat Spalding. This is going to be a road game, but it's only, what, 30, 40 minutes down the road from Whitewater. I think Whitewater has the pieces to get the job done, to make history. I don't think they've ever made it to the Elite Eight in school history, but Coach Matt Martin, he has good players. I've got to see this team at the Sandy Spill Fall League, and it was a, a great opportunity to see them, and I hope that it was a beneficial enough falling for them to see different competition that they usually wouldn't see. And lo and behold, we have Whitewater in the Sweet 16. And if they're able to stop Kertavian Clark and company and don't let those football players run wild, I think Whitewater can win this game as long as they're mentally tough and don't get intimidated by the crowd. In Class 3A, it was a complete disaster with upsets and terrible picks on my part. 11 out of 16. Very bad job. I will try to do better for everybody. Top left-hand side, Monroe, 47-39, won a low-scoring game over Harlem. And they will see Calvary Day, who I kind of wanted to pick. I thought they had more talent. They got all the pieces. They got the size. They just have not yet clicked. But Scepter Brownlee has the Cavaliers in the Sweet 16 as a 10-win team. And again, you have to be weary of them. When you got 6'10", you got 6'8", you got Marlon Knight, you got CJ Gaines, you got Blaine Gunter, you have good players. Maybe the most talented roster as far as even long-term consideration with the young guys on this team. Calvary Day, they passed the eye test, um, but just were not able to get it going out of Region 3. I think you know the fact they're going on the road to Monroe – I think it'll be tough for him. Justin Burns and Lorenzo still will be very challenging. But if Calvary Day can somehow implement that size advantage they have and limit Monroe getting to the basket, they will have a chance in this one. But I think the overall toughness and the overall body of work 
and consistency that we've seen out of Monroe all season long, I think the Golden Tornadoes will be okay to get past a very talented Calvary Day team. Next up, Lumpkin County, 57-37 over Ridgeland. They blew them out, and now we will see. And before we talk about that, I just want to mention uh, Region 6 uh, swept, swept away Northeast Georgia basketball, better than Northwest Georgia basketball in Class 3A, proven on the girls' side as a sweep and on the boys' side with a sweep. Um, so anyway, Lumpkin County, now they traveled to Sandy Creek, who won 97-42 against Stevens County. Um, Cal Faulkner is a great player, but I don't think he's going to be able to go for 40 points against Sandy Creek. I think Connie Rashid Henry, I would not be surprised if he drew that assignment of tracking him down as a six foot seven wing. Um, Sandy Creek, too talented, too athletic, too good. I think they win this one running away from Lumpkin County. Um, I would be impressed if Lumpkin County was able to keep this game to within 20 points. Bottom left-hand side, a final four casualty, one of two that I lost. And I really felt like whoever won this game would probably be, maybe be considered the favorite to make it to the final four. And I had just obviously picked wrong. Richmond Academy was trailing the entire game to Carver Columbus, and Carver Columbus stuck it to them 67-54 even after that super long bus ride. Now Carver Columbus will go on the road and get to travel even farther now as they travel to Savannah Country Day, a 58-45 winner over Mary Person. Savannah Country Day behind Rudy Anderson and Robert Robert Spaulding. Uh, again, they were, what, like the six or the seven seed coming out of that Region 3, and they won the Region Championship. They're smoking hot right now. They got Carver coming into their gymnasium, but I am going to go with Carver-Columbus with Tony Montgomery, a big-time scorer, leading the way. I'm going to go with Carver, especially when you consider what Region 1 did. Monroe made it to the next round. Uh, Columbus did not, and Doherty did. So three out of four from Region 1. Uh, made it to the next round and what I thought was a very interesting one versus four region matchup. Region one proved to be stronger, and I think Carver Columbus will prove to be stronger than Savannah Country Day. Next up, pick in 67-53, no issues with Koala Creek. And now they see Hart County at 81-45 winner over Carver Atlanta. I think Pickens has a very valid opportunity to win this game, a good chance, but I'm going to go with Hart County just because, I mean, look at the toughness they showed to beat Monroe area and to beat to beat Hebron Christian, uh, Avery Strickland, that good versatile forward, but they got Kirsten Curry and a lot of other tough-nosed guys uh, that can contribute across the board. I'm going with Hart County at home, the Bulldogs to slow down Pickens County and do a good job defensively of uh, trying to hinder what Pickens wants to do when it comes to Parker Davis, McCord Purdy, Dodge Davis, the big three, and even Hayden Jones as well. I'm going with Hart County. I think their athleticism, their toughness, and the quality wins that they have on their resume uh, have prepared them for this moment. A home game in Hartwell. I had the Bulldogs. Top right-hand side, again, another one where it felt like, well, maybe whoever won this game could be considered the favorite to make it to the Final Four, considering I had Cedar Grove going to the Final Four. Well, Cedar Grove erased by Hebron Christian, 55-49. Derek Mason with a big bounce-back win, planting the flag that Hebron Christian is still a serious threat at 24-3 overall, even after that loss to Hart County in the region championship. 
Hebron now plays Gilmer, 70-44 winner over Lakeview Fort Oglethorpe. It's all going to come down to trying to slow down Jackson McVay, the seven-footer inside. I think Hebron will have some answers for that. I think Blake Wilson's athleticism and strength around the basket can cause some issues and can even hit from the mid-range and create off the dribble. Um, but if Gilmer can play this game in the half court and just dump it inside nonstop, and if McVay can be aware of uh, dig downs and double teams and be ball strong and keep the ball high, I think he can have a lot of success. But I just feel like Hebron Christian all throughout the year has proven they are a very strong, complete team with Mataj Glover hitting threes on the perimeter. Jelani Mason uh, providing some slashing as well. I like Hebron Christian to win this game. But it will be at Gilmer. There will be a packed house. The Bobcats do have the biggest and tallest and best prospect on the court. But I think Hebron is just a more well-rounded, complete team. Next up, Johnson Savannah, 76-50 winner over Jackson. They take on Cross Creek, 63-37 over Columbus. Cross Creek is my pick here. Savannah going to uh Augusta, that's always two cities that aren't terribly far away but always have great basketball. Cross Creek is just tough to beat this time of year. They got Jaden Priester inside. They have so many different guards and athletic swingmen that can take turns scoring the ball. Sometimes Johnson can struggle a bit to score the ball, um, but Johnson does play that gritty, tough-nosed defense of Fabian Kirkwood, Josh Quarterman, Caden Davis, Kamari Jones. All those guys really lock in defensively. They do have that jitterbug quickness, and they do got some tough-nosed guys that can get after you, but I do think the game could be won in the front court uh, with Priester and Cross Creek just having uh, home court advantage as well. Uh, Coach Kelly has done a very good job over there has multiple state titles i think cross creek tops johnson i think this game is going to be very important i think johnson has to get off to a good start i cannot see johnson falling behind early because if they do i think it's going to be tough to play catch up the entire time but either way i do have the razorbacks advancing bottom right hand side douglas 67 44 they won over monroe area game that was close in the first half Monroe area actually jumped out eight nothing to start the game just could not score in that third quarter. And then by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, just too far behind in what was a very physical bloodbath of a game. Douglas advances, and now they will see Dawson County, who went on the road and swept the Dayersville boys and girls 56-48. Trey Harvey with a monster game. And Trey Harvey and those three balls, they are going to have to fly, and they are going to have to be dropping at an alarming rate if Dawson County wants to win this game because they nowhere near can even hold a candle to what Douglas can do to them just physically, athletically. Douglas is so deep. They have six foot eight. They have six foot seven. They have so many guys that can go up and punch on you with dunks and rebounds and block shots. Um, the one, I guess, good thing you could say is Dawson County is used to not having to score in the paint. You got Ethan Parker shooting threes, Joshua Priest stretching out the floor as well. And Coach Todd Cotter will have a great game plan, but I just do not think he has the horses. If this game even gets remotely close to being up and down and in transition, Douglas is going to be having a field day, and there's just not a lot Dawson can do. The three ball is a great equalizer. But I just think top to bottom, Douglas is a loaded team. And I think Noah Treadwell and company will race past Dawson County. 
Next up, Upson Lee, 53-49 winner over Long County. We got that one wrong, as was that last game. I picked a day or so we got that wrong. Make sure I mention that. Upson Lee, even with Akendria Cheney suspended for the game, uh, Upson Lee was up big the entire time. Long County tried to make a late run at it. Um, but again, it's tough to pick against Coach Lockhart in the castle. And uh, I was proven wrong. Tried to pick against them. But Upson Lee, even if they don't have Ty Fagan or Trayvon Walker, or, you know, all those Jared Adderton, Mikey Smith, all those guys. It doesn't matter. Lockhart is back in the building, and the castle is rocking, and that is another big win for the Knights. Now they will see Doherty, though, and they do not have home court advantage. Doherty hung 96 points, a 96-81 win over Salem. That is going to be a hostile environment. Bakari Bryant is no slouch. He's a hell of a coach, and I think Doherty – is just going to be better, flat out better in Upson Lee in this one. And I don't think Upson Lee will have that home court advantage to lean on, which was very big, I believe, in that last round against Long County. I just think Doherty, top to bottom, has proven they are a legit title contender, the Region 1 champs. I like them beating a tough-nosed Upson Lee team. The dream of a perfect bracket is still intact in Class 2A. 16 for 16. How about that? Top left-hand side. It was tough. Butler, 49-45. Overtime winner over Dodge County. Now they see Spencer, 71-61 over Windsor Forest. I'm going Butler here. Battle-tested. Great win on the road. I think they will be able to beat Spencer, but I think Spencer... It's very possible I'm not giving Spencer enough credit that they deserve. They just didn't really see a lot of great teams in the non-region schedule this year. And that region obviously isn't uh, amazing outside of Southwest Macon, who's a nice team, but a young team. Uh, Spencer could win this game, but I'm going to stick with Butler. I just feel like they've seen the likes of you know, Westside, Thompson, even Putnam County. Really good teams all throughout, so I'm going with Butler. Next up. South Atlanta, 66-50 winner over Fannin County. They will see Callaway, a 68-57 victor against East Jackson. South Atlanta is my pick here. Sekou Hurst, Dor Dor. I think those guys are going to be able to slow down Deshaun Coleman, who is a great guard that can really fill it up for Callaway. But I think South Atlanta, again, the consistency over the course of the season has shown that I think the Hornets are a little bit better, and I think they can match up with what Callaway usually likes to do as far as having a lot of dual-sport athletes. So I'm going with South Atlanta to go on the road and secure a victory in the LaGrange area. Next up, bottom left-hand side, Thompson, 88-65 over Fitzgerald. They played Toombs County, 79-35 winner. Toombs County representing Region 3. Region 3 put, let's see here, they put Tombs into the next round. Vidalia won by 40 points. Um, and then they lost. So Tombs County's region, they went 2-2. Two and two. This is going to be interesting. Tombs County is tough. They're big. They're athletic. Dominic Eason is awesome to watch. If this turns into a track meet in a game that is going to be played, again, if you're talking in the 70s or above, I feel like that tends to lean towards Thompson. But if we're playing this game in the 50s or low 60s, 
Anything below that, I feel like Tombs County wants it that way. Even though they scored 79 against Central Macon, I feel like Tombs County, for the most part, has been a team that plays really tough defense with those big bodies, and then they get those runouts and they can hit some threes. Jesus Quintero, he's going to have to be hot from distance. If Thompson leaves him, I think they can uh, he can burn the Bulldogs a few times with his three-point stroke. Marion James, a big body uh, I like him a lot. They have uh, some other key pieces inside. Very athletic. I, I like Parker, the youngster, Parker Stanley. I believe he's only a sophomore, but six foot six. I uh, just can't let Thompson get turnovers and easy runouts. Uh, Jakias Jones is a really good guard, and Daquan Young's had a terrific season, and they're deep. Um, uh, Thompson's my pick. I know the game's at Tombs. I think Tombs has a great chance. I just worry about can they control the tempo and can they corral a Thompson team that likes to run and gun and put a lot of points on the board. And Thompson is very deep with a lot of different guys that can score the ball. Uh, I, you know, if Dominic Eason has a, a poor game or only scores about you know 14 points or something, can Tombs find points elsewhere? Uh, alongside him to help out I, I'm, I'm curious to see that I like Toombs a lot but I think Thompson might just have more options offensively to rely on so I'm going with Thompson to win a tough game on the road but I will say if Toombs wins or just in general whoever wins this game I think that would be my pick to make it to the final four and lastly on that bottom left hand side Walker beat Rockmart 63-50 in Athens Academy Pulled away from Towers seven or sixty-seven to sixty. Um, Athens Academy versus Walker. Mustafa Diop is going to be the key piece that Athens Academy has to account for. I think Athens Academy will get some good looks with Kamel Williams attacking the basket, finding Westbrook Adams, finding Justin Gulak, who can really shoot the ball and can score in a variety of ways. Um, but Walker is tough again when you get that big guy inside. At about six foot ten, uh, he's gonna really alter things in the paint around the rim for Athens Academy on those those looks at the basket, uh, and then you have uh, more contributions. Anderson Carey and then Noah Peterson. I think he might be going to Brevard if I'm not mistaken. Um, but guys that can really play. Uh, this is going to be a tough one. I think Athens Academy they have this game at home. I think that's going to be a very big piece to this game. Um, but I do feel like uh, Walker, again, Mustafa Diop, if he is able to be established and do his thing in the paint, I know he can stretch it out a little bit, but if he can make a difference, I think it might even be more so defensively than offensively. I don't think uh, Diop has to score 20 points for Walker to win this game, but if he is able to anchor the paint and alter shots and make life tough on Athens Academy, I think Walker advances. Top right-hand side, a game that I was at. Eagles Landing Christian Academy versus Union County 66-60. Elka won. They jumped out on Union County 16-3. It looked like they were shell-shocked a little bit with the size, athleticism, and quickness of that press. They got the ball inside to S.A. Egbake early on. Then they strayed away from that, but then they got it back to him in the fourth quarter where I believe he had eight points in that final frame to decide that game. Um, that was a game that it was, what, 50-48 to at one point in the fourth quarter, they cut it to two. Union County trailed the entire time, but Union County kept fighting and clawing back and getting to the basket and drawing fouls and playing different zone defenses. Um, but at the end of the day, Elka 
Essay inside had 15 points, but the guard play was great. Cameron Warford, I love the energy he brings to the table. Him and Joseph Reigns, I love the energy and effort they play with. Warford had 19 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 1 block, and Reigns, I tweeted it out. I felt like he had the heart of a lion. That boy is chippy. He will talk to the fans. He will talk to other opposing players. He gets after you. 12 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, and 3 steals. Uh, just was great. Really played exceptionally well in that game. And then Jaden Bone chipped in 9 points. So with that being said, they will be playing Model, who had to rally past Drew Charter 49-43. And these two teams are familiar with one another. They played early on in the season last year. 61-47, Model won that game. But very different rosters now. Essay Egbake is now at Elka, a big six foot seven body that they can use against Jeremiah's herd. The key here is is Elka Eagles Landing Christian Academy. Are they going to be able to hit some shots and penetrate that one three one zone? That is what model is going to play. Chase Allen has been uh, very very good this year. He's really stepped up and filled that that role left behind uh, by Jeremiah's herd's brother. Jakinas hurt. He has really stepped up a big time player at six foot five. But it's going to come down to that. When it comes to the defensive side of the thing and the guard play, I think Eagles Landing Christian Academy will be able to pressure those um, model guards and Stevie Dallas and Noah Travis. They got to be able to obviously track them down, especially Travis. Don't let him get open looks from distance. But if they can press and play fundamental defense and retreat back into that zone or whatever. Uh, Coach Lloyd wants to do. I I think Elka matches up fairly well with Model, and again with that big boy inside that can be able to kind of keep Jeremiah's herd off the glass. And you got uh, Kari Mercer, and if Gavin Lamar is able to come back healthy, he's been injured and banged up. You do have those six foot four and six foot five long guys that can kind of get in the way of Chase Allen. I think it'll be a really good game, and Model's going to have a really great home court advantage, but. I think the pieces make sense. And again, they're going to have to knock down some outside shots. Elk is not a great three-point shooting team, but if they can space it out, maybe hit four or five threes against that 1-3-1 one, one zone, they'll have a good chance. But I'm going with the Chargers on the road to beat Model in what should be a very interesting chess match between two good coaches. Next up, Idalia Blue Rutland out of the water, 71-31. Coach Daly gets a job done this time of year, and that's probably the reason why I picked Idalia to beat Rutland. Now it gets a lot tougher. They play Westside Augusta, 98-28 winner over Cook, and I think Westside is just going to be too explosive for Vidalia, and I think they will be able to get this game up and down play this game in the 70s and above, and that favors the Patriots. So I like Westside, the two-time defending state champs, to make it to the Elite Eight. Bottom right-hand side, Providence Christian lost to Columbia 77-48. Didn't stand much of a chance. Columbia locked back in and showed it in a big way in a route, and now they see North Cobb Christian 77-56 winner over North Murray. I'm going with Columbia here, especially with how they handled Providence Christian with relative ease. I think North Cobb Christian is still young. I know Gabe Bolden is a senior and can really stretch the floor and space it out and shoot that three. 
But the rest of that North Cobb Christian lineup is kind of either inexperienced or very young. I think Columbia is going to be able to key in on that and use Travian Callaway to just click that switch and get that team off and running in transition. Get the ball to Tamar, man. Get the ball to Quay Wallace. I like Columbia. Next up, bottom right-hand side to wrap up. Southwest Macon, 71-47. They blew out Brantley County. And now they see Sumter County, 50-47. to A winner over Laney. I'm going with Southwest Macon. I know they're young, but they do have a talented backcourt. They do have Tobias Rice inside. Um, they got a lot of pieces, Sumter County. Uh, home court advantage will loom large, and that could affect a young team like the Patriots. But I am going with Southwest Macon. And those are my picks. We will see. 16 for 16, a perfect first round. <laughs> Very well could uh, have a lot of these teams taken off the board in round two. We are now down in Class A Division One. We went 14 of 16. Not bad, but not great either, considering you lose an Elite Eight team in a Final Four pick. Top left-hand side, Pelham 65-53 over Lamar County. Pelham now plays Screven County? Beat Swainsboro 62-49? Obviously, I got that one wrong. Screven County is now 7-19 overall. They played Pelham 10-11. Well, 11-11 now. Um, we said going into this bracket, what, 14 of the 32 teams have above 500 records, so there's a lot of not necessarily good, at least on paper, teams. So teams... Very even playing field, beating each other. Um, I guess it shouldn't be too much of a surprise. I'm going to go with Pelham here uh, to beat Screven County, but who knows? It is really a crapshoot in Class A Division One with these teams with losing records. Next up, we have Paideia, 66-41 over Chattooga. Now they see Jasper County, who really destroyed uh, Tallulah Falls, 73-35. Really nice win for Coach Penniman. Um, Padilla is my pick here, but I know Jasper County does have some tough-nosed athletes, some guys that look like they could do some damage on the football field, really strong, cut, muscular guards. Um, the game is at Jasper County in Monticello, but I'm going to go with Padilla again, Region 6. You look at what Region 6 did, only three of the four teams went to the next round, so they handled their business. The one team that I picked to lose lost, um, but Region 6 is really, really tough, and I think Region 6 and Paideia and that, that tough team, C.J. Harper, Frank Jackson, young group, a lot of sophomores, I think they're just going to be too talented for Jasper County, but I think Jasper is going to compete, and remember, Paideia, super high variance. They can beat anybody, and it also feels like they can almost lose to anybody, um, so Jasper at home, I want them to go into that game confident and make it an interesting one, but I do think Padilla is a better overall team. Bottom left-hand side, Heard County, 78-58 over Brooks County. Now they see Savannah, 66-44 over Dublin. I'm going Savannah here. Makai Joyner, Sean Davis blocking shots. Um, Jermaine Edwards, all those guys, really good Savannah team. I think Heard County, uh, a really nice win, but I think the level of competition steps up tenfold in what they're going to see in Savannah. Next up, Darlington flexes their muscle, leads nearly wire-to-wire wire against St. Francis, 61-52. A lot of guys in double figures, four or five guys reach double figures. All the seniors stepping up. I've been trying to preach all season long, Darlington is good. If they get out of that first-round matchup against Region 6, I like their chances to do some damage. It's going to get a lot tougher 
Um, but they're going to see Athens Christian 74-42 over Social Circle. Athens Christian, Hampton Ford, uh, Region Player of the Year. It's going to be at Athens Christian. Darlington's going to have to be prepared to play in that band box of a gym. Those fans are always relentless. They are really aggressive in that arena. A lot of uh, toughness over there at Athens Christian. Darlington, I think, they're the better basketball team. They're just going to have to go out and prove it, execute, get those open shots, spread the sugar around, um, death by a million paper cuts. Uh, the Tigers are really good. They put a tough non-region schedule. Uh, they're just going to have to handle the environment and make sure Athens Christian does not get hot with Ford or any of these other key contributors. Brock Dove was an honorable mention selection. Harper Ford was an all-region pick uh, as well. Um, but I'm going with Darlington. I just feel like they have proven throughout the season they are a better team. Top right-hand side, how about Raven County blasting Prince Avenue 81-57 explosive performances from Huey Blaylock and company. And now they see Mount Pisgah, they top Tryon 61-48. That's a four seed beating a one seed. Mount Pisgah also has a cavalry back. O'Neal Connolly, their top player who signed to play at Montevello, a 6-6-6-7 wing. He came back in that region uh, consolation game against St. Francis. I was not quite aware of that. He's back. He had about seven points or so in this game against Tryon. And now Mount Pisgah going on the road to Rabin County, but they have their best player back. They play super hard with Jackson Williams. Had a really big game. Um, Tyson Pittman shoots the ball. I am worried about Rabin County here. I just think Mount Pisgah is very good. They played a lot of really good competition. If they're able to slow down Huey Blaylock, stop the head of the snake, contest Cooper Welch's three-point shots and Reed Burrell's shots, don't let Hayes free uh, beat them with his 6'6 frame, and then Jack Hood at about 6'5", and so I think Mount Pisgah is good. And I know they're only 12-17, and 17, but they played a murderer's row in the region, non-region as well, Mount Pisgah. Uh, on paper, it's shown they're a better team than Rabin County. Uh, we will see what happens. But Mount Pisgah was my initial pick, and I'm going to stick with Mount Pisgah at 12-17 and 17 to make it to the Elite Eight. Next up, one of the games I got wrong, Bleckley County. I believe it was at the buzzer, maybe. Beat Woodville Tompkins 46-44. Um, Bleckley, uh, out of Region 2, Region 2, they sent two teams into the Sweet 16, if I'm not mistaken. Two teams, both on this right-hand side, uh, to get the job done. Uh, Bluckley County doing their damage uh, with some guards. They got a quick little guard that can really score the ball. Uh, and Caleb Farrow was a Region Co-Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, was Iverson Baker uh, led that team, those two guys. But now they're playing Temple. Temple 58-51 winners over Bacon County. Temple likes to press a lot. Uh, press a lot. Uh, Tavarea Williams, who was a really good shooter at the Sandysville Northwest Georgia Invitational, no longer on the team. You zap your team with a top shooter. You got Alex Banks doing good work inside and Darren Drayton. Um I think this will be a very quite competitive game. It's going to be at Temple. I'm not 100% sure without their top shooter uh, on the team anymore. I think it, it'll be tough for Temple. Um, but Temple's seen good teams on the non-region schedule, and they are a little bit battle-tested there. 
I really think I'm oscillating back and forth between this one. I think I'm going to go with Bleckley County just because they did secure a win over a good Woodville Tompkins team on the road. Um, So I do think the Royals riding that momentum and playing against a Temple team that is not, um, you know, not quite as talented, I guess you could say, as they were back in December. So I am going to go with Bleckley County to defeat Temple. Bottom right-hand side, Oglethorpe County survived against Elbert County, something the girls could not do, 62-57. And now they see Mount Vernon, who hung 104 points, 104-47, to blew out Coosa. Mount Vernon, I just think they're going to be too big and too powerful. I think Javon Pittard's a really nice player for Oglethorpe County, but I just think Mount Vernon, top to bottom, is just too strong. Too many Options to choose from. Gabe Alterman's a terrific point guard that makes that team go. I like the Mustangs to race past Oglethorpe. And lastly, we have uh, East Lawrence topping Bryan County. Well, it was a very close game, 67-62, and now they will go on the road to play Irwin County, 61-57, winner over Crawford County. Irwin County is just 9-19. and They just beat a 6-win Crawford County team, barely. I think East Lawrence is just flat out the better team for Sean Washington the Sneed boys, I am going with East Lawrence. Just too much basketball talent, and they have the football athletes to pair with it. We wrap things up in Class A, Division Two. We got 14 of 16 right top left-hand side. Calhoun County, 95-49 winner over Wheeler County. Played at their pace and blew them out of the water. They're going to have to do that again against Lanier County, who won 58-36 over Montgomery County. If this is a fast-paced, high-flying game, I like Calhoun County. If Coach Chris Wade can get this more in the half court and slow it down and do what they want to do, they will have the advantage. But I do think Calhoun County, tough as nails team. They play a lot of good opponents, especially at this same classification level in the non-region schedule. I'm going with Marcus Shaw and Calhoun County and Josiah Suber to get past Lanier County. Next up, we have Manchester, a 68-45 winner over Mount Zion Carrollton. They will play Towns County, a game I got wrong. The 4C defeated the Region 5 1C 54-48. Now I think Manchester with that the physical toughness and um, Darius Bryant, if they are able to key in on Zane Floyd and not let him go crazy, I do like this Manchester team to get the job done and advance on to the next round. Bottom left-hand side, how about Early County 57-46 over Wilcox County? They are now seeing Portal 85-41 over Charlton County. Portal, I feel like this is their year to make a run at it. They got all seniors. Marion Tremble has developed into a really good fourth option to pair with Elijah Coleman, Joseph Thomas, and then, of course, Amir Jackson. Portal is my pick. I know, again, early County, they always have really impressive athleticism and a couple big wings and forwards, but Portal is the team. It is at Portal. I am going Panthers. Next up, Heritage. Let's see. Christian Heritage, 71-51 winner over Taylor County. Jack Abernathy helping them pull away with over 20 points. They play Warren County, 67-44 winners over Wilkinson County. This game is at Warren County. But again, this is why Coach Watkins did this. This is why they went to Calhoun County. They played Mitchell County. They played all these teams. They went down south. They tried to crush themselves in the non-region schedule. They went to Macon County. They tried to play... As tough as a schedule as possible and as tough of an environment as possible. And I think that will benefit them in the long run. And I like Christian Heritage to top Warren County. 
Top right-hand side, Green County. Coach Mark Wright and company, 75-60 over Johnson County. They will now see Green Forest. 103-33 winner over Chattahoochee County. Green Forest will win this one running away in what should be a blowout. I like Green Forest. Elijah Lewis, a very good score. And then Daniel Daramola and Caleb Koala inside. Just too big, too athletic for Green County. Next up, McIntosh County Academy, 53-40 winner over Turner County. Against not Trutland, I got this one wrong. It was 68-46 Randolph Clay with the W. Randolph Clay, of course, Keon Battle, a very good coach, has been at multiple spots, got the job done. Uh, Randolph Clay coming out of Region 1. Region 1 is tough. Region 1 swept. They put all four teams into the next round. I think Randolph Clay is going to beat McIntosh County Academy, even though they are on the road. But I just feel like that team is so battle-tested, and they will be prepared to beat MCA. Next up, we have Hancock Central, 85-53 winner over Lincoln County. They will play Macon County, 74-61 over Atlanta Classical. I like Macon County. I like this team. I like Frankie Range running the point. Tavius Collier is a good wing. I like Macon County in Montezuma. Extremely difficult to win over there. I just think they're a better overall team than Hancock Central. Next up, Clinch County, 60-54 over Jenkins County. They will see Mitchell County, who won a tight one, 75-67 against Dooley. I think Mitchell's going to have to play a little bit better than what they did against the nine-win Dooley County team, but I am going with Mitchell County, I like the Eagles to advance past Clinch County. Got to stop Jeremy Bell, the big-time explosive athlete wide receiver. I'm going Mitchell County to wrap it up. So there you have it. That is a Sweet 16 boys preview and prediction. I've already received some um, some fun hate mail, especially on Facebook. So I appreciate everybody listening and to everyone that says they do not care about my opinion, but then... Uh, throwing a hissy fit and going absolutely buck wild on social media. Couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you so much. And until the Elite Eight round, I will see you guys in the gym.